0: Welcome to the first episode of Bikinis After Babies in 2024. I am so excited to bring you this episode. I am your host, Mandy Rashawn, with your other beautiful co-host, Jillian
1: girl. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Happy 2024. I hope that everybody had a wonderful holiday and everybody is really excited for the new year and new goals. And today we're excited to bring a very special guest. Um, she is a member of our team. Um, again, Mandy and I are coaches for MomShell Method Fitness. We're based in the Midwest and we coach online And um, we have a lifestyle team of ladies working on their fitness goals, and then we also have a competition team. And Erica is one of our fabulous hosts. So welcome to Bikinis After Babies, Erica Warden. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I'm excited to be here. How was your holiday? Yeah. Thanks for joining us. It was amazing.
2: Yeah. Yeah, So my holiday was good. I think I overindulged,
1: but it was good. That's all right. We all had to kick it a little bit every now and then. Now Erica just competed in November and um, she made a somewhat of a transition from figure over to uh, wellness and bikini. Erica started um, as a bikini competitor years ago and then um, went to figure and now is back in bikini. So Erica, do you wanna share a little bit about what that journey was like and kind of maybe how you got started? Sure. Um, So I
2: decided to do a show in 2019. Actually, I decided in 2018. um, It was more of like a bucket list type thing. I just had always wanted to do one. Um, I'd always been in the gym. And so 2019 rolled around and I competed in my first show, which was Bikini. Um, Feedback was that I was a little too small. So I put on a little bit of size, did the next show that I found. Um, and then I was too big and I was recommended to go to figure. Um, so then I switched to figure, which I loved it. Um, I like, I I did like it. I like the division a lot. Um, but I don't want to stay that big. I enjoy being the size, um, of the bikini division more than the figure. Uh, so I've just transitioned my
1: way back. Um, what was the experience like for you of, um, throwing your hat in the ring in wellness? Um, well,
2: so yeah, we, we were going to initially do from figure to wellness, uh, not go to bikini. Um, but it was, it was interesting. It's similar to bikini, but it is different. Um, the thing that I tend to lose as a competitor though, during prep is the size in my lower half. So, um, I think that's why I probably should just stick with bikini.
0: You have to be so diverse in knowing all those poses, too, because, I mean, I know in figure you have the quarter turns and wellness, you have quarter turns, but they're so different. And then in bikini, you have your front back. So, like, you had to learn so much. How was learning all of that? Which one do you think was the hardest to learn?
2: Honestly, I think the wellness was the hardest to learn Um, just because it was similar but different. Uh, so some of the poses are the same as bikini and I was, uh, I was doing both, uh, at that show in November. So I had to try to remember to separate the two. Um, but they're similar, but very different. So I had, uh, I would say the wellness was the
1: hardest for me to learn.
0: I could see that. I could definitely see that.
1: Yeah. So now Erica, um, I became your coach when you transitioned to figure and, um, you skipped over the part where you mentioned that you won an overall. And (laughs) that was a really exciting moment. It was also a COVID prep because um, we started working together at the end of 2019. And then we set our sights on the big St. Louis show in April. And that was like smack dab in the middle of everything shutting down. And you totally stayed on track. And when things opened back up, you were on stage in that first show. Um, And really, like the numbers were not down. Like, I remember thinking, like, maybe 10 people will show up. But I mean, it was still pretty competitive. I think a lot of people just stayed in it, you know, they were training at home, or, you know, maybe they had access to, you know, private facilities and whatnot. So um, the following year, we went to master's nationals. Do you remember yes. what your feedback was at that competition?
2: Um, well, the main feedback, uh, for that competition was just, uh, how feminine I stayed, uh, during that compared to some of the other competitors, uh, which was kind of nice here. Um, but I was definitely too small for the national stage in figure. Um, those girls are, they're big. Um, beautiful, big, and I, I don't know, I don't know how they do it, but, um, but yeah. And what yeah, year
0: and was think... that? Was that 21? 21. Yeah, no. 21. Mm-hmm. 21.
2: Yeah. Gosh. And then I took all of 22 off. I didn't compete at all. Um, and then we decided we would do something in 23 and we just waited till the end of the year to do it. So.
1: And then you officially joined our coaching team in, I think, January of 23. And so now you've been coaching with us for a year and you've had some girls on stage, which I think is great because you've done so many different categories, um, you know, having competed in figure and bikini and in wellness now. So have you made a decision as far as um, what you're going to be competing in in your next competition? Uh,
2: Definitely going to stick with bikini. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Yeah, I like it. That's just where I want to stay.
1: <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, one of the things that, um, we had a viewer question, um, on one of our recent podcasts and they would like for us to share our tips for getting started. Um, and so, I mean, I have, you know, kind of a rundown. I do calls all the time with people that are just really starting out. So, Um, maybe we could kind of talk about our experiences of how we got started and, and, you know, our best advice for people who are just getting started. And I think it can be a little daunting. Um, You know, Erica, I know you started your journey after having a baby. Um, Same with Mandy. Mine was pre-babies and then, you know, continuing after babies. But, you know, for all three of us, you know, when you first decide you want to compete, it's you have either one of two things happen. You're like, I don't even know where to begin or it's, there's so much information out there. So what was that like for you when you first decided that you wanted to compete?
2: Um, I just knew that I, I had always been in really good shape prior to having my son. Um, and then I gained 85 pounds while I was pregnant with him. So definitely ruined every aspect of my body during that pregnancy. I felt like, um, and then I carried a lot of weight. I didn't have any, 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 ambition really, or desire to try to get my body back for several years. Um, I guess he was about five or six when I thought, you know what, this is ridiculous. Um, but I have a lot of personal reasons like that go back to family that make me, um, that's what makes this important to me. It's the fear of, uh, of letting myself go. Right. So I, I, I started the journey of wanting to get, just get my body back. And that, that's really where I started. And it just started with being more consistent with going to the gym. Um, and that even the nutrition aspect of it came much later. Uh, I knew about nutrition. I have an education in chiropractic. So I have, I have a degree in, in, in that, and I did all the nutrition certification. So I, I know that I know all of it, um, but knowing it and doing it are two different things. So, um, I just, I stuck with the consistency in the gym first. That's truly where it started.
1: Now, like along your way, like, were there people saying like, Hey, have you ever thought about competing or like, when did you like get the, the desire to maybe see if that was something? Absolutely. You could do? Yeah. So I started getting
2: that about I don't know, maybe 2017 when my body started really making changes and people started, they were like, why haven't you ever competed? You've been, you know, you've always been around a gym and you do all this hard work. And I was like, oh, I I could never do that. That's what I kept telling myself. I could never. Um, and then I thought, you know what, why not? Why, why can't I, um, other people do. And so that's when I decided I'll just do one just to say that I've done it. And now
1: I'm hooked. What was it like for that first show? Like, did you like hire a coach or how did you find out about it or what did that look like? Um, yeah,
2: so I did hire a coach and, uh, just being in the gym environment, um, and knowing a lot of people in the bodybuilding world, just from having friends that had done it. Um, I was familiar with there being a show in St. Louis. Um, and so I did hire a coach. It was a girl that was from here that, uh, that lives near me. Um, and I, I hired her and her boyfriend at the time. Um, and they were, they were my coaches to get me, to get me ready. It was definitely not an easy prep. When I started, um, my mother wasn't in good health and she passed away right in the middle of my prep. Um, which at at that point that that's when I think a lot of people thought I would just like nix it, right? Like just, I'm not going to do this, but it was my driving force. My mom's inability to be healthy. Um, and her lack of taking care of herself is what inevitably caused her to pass away and so that that's been a driving force ever since I don't I don't want to be there
0: yeah that's so sad I'm so sorry that's amazing you stuck with it how yeah. how far out were you from um,
2: the um so she passed away in February and I competed in April
0: Ugh.
2: so not very far yeah
0: yeah that's amazing that you hold that you have that to like it's so sad that you went through something like that at that time and you, like, kept, kept consistent, kept, per- like, pursuing what your goal was. Yeah. And you use that as motivation. And I bet, like, she looks down and, like, watches you and is really so <laughs> really proud of you for all your work. Cause now, I hope so. You know, now. Yeah. Now being a part of the team, you help so many women. You help so many women either go on stage and face their fear or achieve their goals or lifestyle clients. Like, rather it's like a health journey for them or a weight loss journey. Like you help so many other people and I bet you would be like so proud of you. So that's amazing.
1: Thank you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it would be, um, I'm not going to say easy to give up, but like that would definitely be what someone would say. Like, that's a valid excuse to kind of like take a break or put things on pause um and i've heard a like similar story recently of a girl in our area and same thing and you know she just kept pushing and you know it was something i, I think prep is sometimes a place to put your energy when you feel like everything yeah. is out of control in your life if you um just feel like you know your efforts in the gym and how you're you know feeding your body and all of those things sometimes it's like therapeutic um did you feel like Definitely. in any way it made it hard to grieve or to kind of cope with the loss or was it helpful in that process?
2: I, I truly think that it helped me get past all of it. Um, I, it, it was my place to go right um, on the, on the bad days, the sad days, the, the angry days. Cause I spent a lot of days just being angry at her. Um, those were, those were the days that I had the best workouts and it was um, the gym was a place for me to just kind of release all of that. And I still find that that's, that's a thing for me, you know?
1: It's really positive, and I think that's yeah. inspiring for your clients and for and for our listeners too. So
2: yeah, it's just us. a matter of she she truly was my my why. I guess you could say like everybody says, how do you get started? Well, I think the first step in getting started is figuring out your why. Why do you want to get started on a healthier journey? Um, and then keep that on the forefront. You know, whether it's your spouse or your kids or um, just an overall activity that you want to try to achieve or accomplish, like that. Find your why, and then you'll you'll manage to get started. And
0: always I remember that's so your important. Why, you're gonna mm-hmm. have those hard days.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I think when somebody's thinking about competing, I think it's important to think about what that why is. You know, like what, what is your reason? Because if it's just like that looks cool, <laughs> like yeah. I love bikinis, <laughs> like well, that's like generally not gonna get that's you through the hard days. Not it. <laughs> I, forget, I had someone say to me one time, like aren't you just so excited to just like look so hot? I'm like, no, like that would never be enough to keep me motivated. Like it's so not about that. Um, And that's just somebody who really doesn't understand the sport. But um, I think having that that why and that purpose will like carry you through when you, you know, really feel like, like, what am I doing? And even like after the competition too, because I always say like, it's so important to make, you know, healthy habits and, consistent exercise like a lifestyle so um yeah and it's it's evidence like in your you know i know your family really well and you know your son is um a very competitive world champion athlete and you know your husband's very involved in fitness too so obviously it's just a, a big a big part of your life so and i think like all of us can really say that you know our families are all involved in in keeping themselves healthy and you know it's not about abs but it's yeah. you know it's about <laughs> just making healthy decisions so we can live long and healthy lives right
2: Yep. Yeah. And it does help to have a family that's kind of, you know, in all of it with me, um, mm-hmm. definitely helps during prep. Cause if I'm not prepping, my son's usually trying to stay healthy for some sort of tournament he has. Um, so that does make it easier, but even for those who don't, like if you just get started, you would be amazed at how many times your, or how many of your family members, uh, join you right like it it's kind of like a domino effect like your kids are going to start doing the things that you're doing they're going to start eating the things that you're eating uh your spouse will eventually come around too so even though it's daunting to think that when i get started i have to do two meals or i have to make three meals a day you know for me my family whatever get started um eventually they'll come around
0: that's so true i go through like i remember when carson I think he was about four and I started thinking that because I I would prep my food I would eat and I would make him really like kid food you know not really yeah. healthy food and I'm like you know no like he should just eat what I eat and now like now if I throw my Tupperware in front of him with salmon broccoli rice he'll be like thanks can I have some soy sauce <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, it's you know yeah. it's you have to rip that band-aid off to like Hey like this is healthy for you. you may not yeah. want it today. we'll try again tomorrow or the next day or the next day or the next day and after a while they'll, they eat they they weight. come around
1: mm-hmm. yep yeah yeah, yeah it's like um I think it's a phenomenon like called like mirror neurons I'm getting really nerdy right now, but like I talk to my <laughs> clients about this all the time like you know initially, if you're the only person in your family that's making these healthy choices like it can be challenging, but everyone around you kind of starts to follow suit like. People will start to carry water bottles. People will start to like, you know, yeah. snack on the almonds and mm-hmm. and want to eat the things that you're eating. And not everybody in in your world is going to become a competitor or you're in your family. But, you know, if you're around, you know, that type of a healthy lifestyle, it absolutely has an impact on everyone in your household, you know, and that's why we always talk about like needing to stay really positive with the process, because you know, the, the language that you use and your your tone and, and how you treat it. Again, it's all like a choice. So um, I always tell people, like, just try to be a happy prepper because, you know, you want <laughs> you want healthy eating and all these things to be a really positive thing. And sometimes we have those days where, you know, we just wake up on the wrong side of the bed and we're hungry and it's getting down to show day and there's so much to do and you just kind of feel like you're just your bitch switches on. But, um, you know, for the most part, you know, you got to remember your why of of why you love it. So I think that's a good, very good first like tip of how to get started, like is figure out your why. Um, and that's one question that I'll ask people if they're thinking about competing, you know, why, why do you want to compete? Why now? Um, and I think that's a, that's a good place to start. Um, so what do you guys think about maybe the process of either finding a coach or like trying to think about if you could possibly coach yourself? Um, you know, we probably all three of us have, various different experiences and stories on that, that topic. So I thought we could maybe talk about that too.
0: I think nowadays it's so interesting because we have so much social media. So I feel like it's like a double-edged sword because when I first, it started, when I first started competing, I, I knew only young competitors until I moved out of state. And then I met other competitors that were moms and I'm like, Oh, like they can do that too. But I didn't have like, that was 2016. There wasn't Instagram. There wasn't, you know, YouTube. There wasn't all of these, all this like free information. I think like if you want to compete and you're on like a really strict budget and you just started going to the gym, like just, and you're just learning the world, you know, maybe take like several months and try to like, Look up how to like kind of eat healthy, look up how to focus on consistency. And then after you get through that hurdle, you know, okay, maybe talk to a few people, do some research on social media, your local area, what fits in your budget. You have all of these things, but I think like you can kind of start if it's just your very first like year at the gym, maybe focus on consistency and eating healthy and, you know, you know, sleep and rest, not just... (laughs) oh, this is my first week at the gym and I want to do a show this year and I need to throw all my money, all this stuff and just go like haywire. So I feel like there's, you have a lot of different avenues now that it's 2024.
2: That sounds weird even saying 2024. <laughs> <laughs> it does. I've
0: said it like three times today. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, it's crazy. But no, I agree with you. I think, um, I think to start with, if you're truly just starting and you don't know anything about it, just doing it on your own to find a way to build habits and consistency on your own um, is the most affordable approach. Um, And if you've already built good habits and you have some consistency and some dedication, um, then whenever it's time to hire a coach, it just makes working with that coach easier. I think the hardest thing is for when people don't have any of that and they hire a coach and then it's like a slap in the face, right? Cuz like as coaches, we we have expectations from our from our clients. Um but that's hard for somebody who's never done it. So I I agree. I think just starting out for people like if you're truly just fresh at all of this, definitely just do it on your own. Build build the good habits, get consistent first.
0: Yeah, and then when you're searching for a coach just like this podcast, like you can message all three of us. Like we'll have Erica's information in our in our notes, on on our Apple, Spotify, YouTube. We'll have the information. But ask questions. Like a good coach will will answer questions for you. They'll give you an analysis. They'll they'll schedule time with you. They'll talk with you and share like your goals. And then your coach will the coach that you're like kind of looking for. They'll t- they'll hopefully be real with you. And that's why you should kind of like. Talk a little bit, talk to a few people. Don't, I highly recommend, don't just because your buddy's using somebody, don't just like, don't yeah. just have to use that coach because your buddy's using that coach and they go to your gym. Like, do your research, like, take your time, ask questions.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There's so many. And I mean, again, like when we all got started, um, at least, you know, for me and Mandy and even definitely for me, because I don't even think there was like the internet when I started. It was, like, <laughs>
0: magazines. Remember, <laughs> we already went through this. You had oh to go buy gosh. magazines. I
1: know yeah. and there was like some like, you know, chubby old trainer at the gym that was helping me with posing. And I think it was just so he could see my ass. I don't know. Um, it was a long <laughs> time ago. <laughs> um, but I mean, I've coached myself and um, I think the, for me, the main benefit of having a coach is i need a set of eyes on me i cannot tell you if i think i'm ready i need that coach to tell me um you know where we need to maybe make some more we need to get a little bit tighter. We need to build something like they can, cause they're at shows. If you're with somebody who's really relevant in the industry and is very well versed, like they are looking at shows all the time. They they know what the standard is and they'll be able to tell you versus like, you know, my, if my husband was my coach and we talked about this all the time because he's become so like well versed in the sport and everything. I'm like, baby you could not be my coach. Cause you just think I look good all the time. And you know, if I was <laughs> my own coach, I'd be like, Oh, I suck. I'm not ready. So I think that's like the main thing, but like, I mean, if you really wanted to spend the time, you could find everything on the internet. But not everything is going to work for everybody, right? You could get lucky. Yeah. And maybe you've got the foundation. Like maybe you were always an athlete growing up and you've got good habits already and maybe you're pretty good in heels and you could watch some posing videos and, you know, save money and do it that way like we do hear these stories of people that like you know sweep whole shows having coached themselves um but if if you're brand new and you're going to be one of those people that's going to second guess every bit of the journey it's a much more positive experience to have that led by somebody and then there's you know do you feel like you need to have somebody there like that you can see in person that can see you are you okay with virtual do you need a trainer like you know that's something that you want to think about like would you benefit more from somebody taking you through workouts and pushing you cuz you're probably not going to get that with a prep coach most of the time they're giving you the program they expect you to execute and you know they're really managing how your body is coming in um but posing so important in the divisions that we're speaking about that you've really got to know how to do it and so you know maybe you get a couple sessions with a posing coach um but I don't, I mean, now I feel like the women that I talk to are just like, yeah, there's no way I'd try this on my own. Like, you know, there's too much information. And I think that can be a burden as well. Like, can cause you to just really overthink everything. And if you're that type of person, I mean, it's just better. I have, I have a coach <laughs> and I
2: still think that the internet is overwhelming. Sometimes, you know, you yes. get on there and it's, it's just like, yeah. sometimes you, you look at it and it's like, oh my gosh, why can't I look like her? Well, because she's not you. Um, and you don't really have any idea what she's doing. You're seeing the highlights, right? I mean, that's what anybody, that's what most people put out on social media are the highlights. Um, the, the perks of all of it. You're seeing the, the pretty set you're not seeing. And we've talked about this before with our own clients, right? Like, I don't want to see you still smiling and not breathing heavy or struggling on that last set. Like, I want to see that when you're doing shoulder press, you get that Elvis lip the same that I do. Cause you're struggling, <laughs> right? Like I want to, I want like to, right. Like- I want to see that. Um, but you don't see that on all of the Instagram highlight reels. You don't see that on, on a lot of these things. And, you know, and then you, so many things are contradicting on the internet as well. Like you watch one video and they're telling you to do your reverse lunges this way. And then, you watch the next one. And they're like, you're an idiot if you do it this way, you know? So <laughs> yeah. I, I think going to the internet alone can be like scary. And I think sometimes
1: that, that scares people away from the sport just because it's yeah. overwhelming. Oh, I know. And you just, there again, there's so many different ways to do this. And like, and I know for myself, as many women as I've coached, I coach them all differently. So people will ask me like my approach and I'm like, it's individual. Like the best approach is the one that works best for that person. Like no two people on my team are alike. And so that's why it's You know, if you were just say fall, I was watching a video today of a girl that's coming back to the stage after having babies and she's eating a shit ton of food. And, and I'm like, that's nice. Like not everybody can have that experience. And even she was saying, this is so different from another prep, but I could see if I was brand new, I'd be like, that's the way to do it. I'm going to do it that way. And you know, if um, you can, and you can know your body. And I think that's important because then it can be like very collaborative with your coach. Um, But I still think, you know, having that expert there and then like interview people, because if you don't like their vibe and you don't feel comfortable um, and you're not aware of what their style is, then you could get close to show day. And if you don't have a good relationship with your coach, it can like ruin your show day. And like, you know, I'm assuming if you're listening to this podcast, you've got children and like that's a big chunk of time and money time taken away from your family money spent that you know you want to have a good experience so definitely uh, interviewing coaches like don't just be like oh this one sounds good because he coached this girl and she won this show like interview talk to their clients like message a few people that are in their transformations and be like hey i saw you on so-and-so's page like would you mind sharing like what's your experience been like um, and you know just to kind of get a feel for it and and almost every coach will do a consult with you to make sure that it's a good fit so I think that's really important too like it's like buying a car you want to make sure it's a it's a good you know it's a good fit that
2: kind of goes back to what you just said about being positive too like staying saying positive saying positive things um if you don't have that good, vibe with your coach, you don't have that good relationship, then you're going to be negative. You're going to have negative thoughts are going to creep in and it's just going to roll over. Um, and then you're going to express that in front of your family. And then it's hard for them to have a positive outlook on the time and the money you're taking for yourself, right? If all you do is talk negatively about it. Um, so I, I do agree. I think, um, finding the right person is definitely key in staying positive.
0: I agree with both right. of you. Absolutely. There's been times where I've cried in front of my family because I don't want to do a check-in because I don't want to have to like face. Like, <laughs> did I, I don't, and I won't even know, like I've been in an off season before and I don't even know if I get, ga- like, ga- I don't know, but I just was so scared before to like, even check in with my coach or send photos. And there was not even a show inside. There wasn't anything going on, but there's been times where it's like my husband who will he's supported me throughout all of this. He's just like worried. Like he doesn't want to see his wife crying. He doesn't want to see like his wife scared. So even it's just with the financial burden, with the stress and like being upset, like it does, it has that negative, like vibe throughout your house. And they don't want you to go through that. So you definitely want to be able to communicate and be a hundred percent honest with your coach. I know I've had clients this, holiday season now that like the holidays are done i've had clients come to me and they're just so upset with themselves and i'm like no like it's okay it's fine yeah. it's the holiday and then like a few messages later they will come back and say i feel so much better talking to you I'm like
1: yeah
0: you have to have that relationship with your coach because then you're not going to want to be honest and you're going to want to hide stuff and as yeah. an athlete getting ready for a stage if you hide stuff and you do your check-in and something's off your coach isn't going to know what's off so they're just going to go off you know what you're telling mm-hmm. them and your progress photos. And you might not bring your best package to stage because you're hiding stuff. They don't know you're not comfortable. It's just a recipe for disaster.
1: Yeah. Trust is huge. I think that's even more important than like liking the person that's coaching yeah. you. Like if you the
0: style. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Like if you trust them and you respect them, then it's going to be a way easier prep because you're going to know that if they tell you, okay, this is what we're going to do. And you know, they, they got me like, I'm going to, this is going to work out, you know, and, and so much of that is so important because I've had preps where I second guessed everything and I was just a hot freaking mess. And I looked like a hot freaking mess. But when I yeah. was like, just trust the process, trust my coach, everything's going to be fine. It was a way better outcome. So I think that that's something to think about too, is, you know, do I think that this person that you think I'm in good hands with with this person and I I let a coach go because I and I really liked this person but I lost that uh trust that they were going to um be prompt with you know feedback and um and I once that was gone for me I was like I just know this isn't going to work for me because you know liking you is one thing but like you know at the end of the day. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm the customer really. So I I want to make sure that, you know, you're taking care of, of my prep. If you're as invested in this as I am, because this is, you know, important to me, even if it's a regional qualifying show or it's nationals, it's important to know that your coach, um, is, has your prep is something very important. And those results are important to them too.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so then I think, I think as you're going through, like after you find a coach, you are comfortable with your coach then it's the time of like what show are you wanting to do and i feel like Mm -hmm. this is there's so many different ways to look at this because it just depends is this a bucket list is this just like i want to go to the big show that's in my city and so i'm gonna do this well then you work with your coach and you like get ready for that let's say you want to be a professional athlete you want to reach that pro level and you find a great coach and you work with your coach i think you really need to talk with your coach and be like yeah this is a show i might want to do but i think that's kind of where like the trust with your coach comes in because your coach being experienced needs to guide you appropriately to take you to however long it's going to be for you to Mm -hmm. be ready to a show that's in that time frame and you can go to mpc news online and find the whole schedule for everything Mm -hmm. and there's like a show every weekend but you have to like communicate with your coach, right? What do you guys think about that like getting an athlete ready and you know what show they should do?
2: I definitely think it I needs think- to to come down to the coaches' uh decision. I mean that that's just my opinion. Um I feel like setting a date is great. It sets a goal, right? Like that's what you're working toward. It gives you like a a cer- certain end goal, right? Like a, like for instance, I'm shooting for March 30th. Um over the next several weeks as I, as I progress or I don't progress as much as I maybe should, that's when we'll take a look and we'll be like, okay, so maybe not March 30th, but I don't want to be the one to make that call because I'm trusting my coach to be the one to say, you're not in a negative manner, but we're, we're not ready for that. Right. Yeah. Like we have some more work that we could do to bring a better package. Um, so I, I think that it, it needs to come down to having that open communication with your coach. Like you can, you can approach him with a date that you have in mind. But I think ultimately as, and as a coach, I I have a couple of girls that are wanting to compete and they may not be ready for the April show. Like that's what we're shooting for. Um, but they may have to do the May show with the, with, with the team members that are going to do that one instead, just because I don't want them to, to come back at me because I let them do it when they, when, Afterwards, they're like, I wasn't anywhere near ready. Why did you let me do that? Um, So I I would rather postpone and pick a show later
1: um, versus just pick the first one for convenience. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's that's generally how it kind of starts is if somebody was like, oh, there's a show in um, the spring that I, I would really, really like to do. Now, if somebody is getting started and that show is like, 12 weeks and they're brand new i typically say no not no i won't coach you but like no that that's not enough time because i don't know the person i don't know what their habits are like even if they had the best habits that's still really close to be able to you know pose and um get the metabolism in the right spot be able to dial in um like and, and years ago we used to do preps in 12 weeks but it's so different now um, so you know, I like to have more time with a client and then I, I always say like that that's a good date to shoot for, but you know, if we need more time, mm-hmm. like I wanna make sure you're open to um to more time because um you know, I, I don't want them to get on stage and not be happy with the package that they bring and I know that these shows are competitive and sometimes people don't know because they've never been to one sometimes the first show that they go to is the one that they're in which I like don't recommend that but that's just the case sometimes like where we yeah. live there aren't shows every single weekend like in other states like California um, and then the season really like we're in a down time right now pretty much like december there's there never used to be shows in december but they moved nationals to december like four or five years ago and then there's a few shows but typically like after the um november hits there's usually no shows for like three four months so when the season opens up if you haven't been to a show and the first one you go to is the one you're in you might not really know be what you're stepping know what you're stepping into and there's nothing worse than peeling off your robe backstage and going shit like i'm not ready like (laughs) I, sh- I should have taken more time i wish my coach hadn't let me do this show yeah. um and so sometimes that's a tricky thing though like with people that have families and they're like oh i need to be done by this because then we have this going on we have this going on this going on so then i'm like well then what is your goal because if your goal is to be really really competitive and bring your best even if you don't want to be a pro if you want to just you want to get up at that show and you want to be the best that you can be i don't know that you can really say i have to do this show on this day because it just might not come together. I mean, things can happen. People can get sick. Um, You know, there's a lot of ways to break through plateaus, but we never really know. I've had elite level girls that I've worked with that had always had results. And then we had one season where just the body was like, nope, sorry, it happens. That's the science of bodybuilding, which is like the most difficult phenomenon for anybody to explain. Um, So so I think that sometimes that happens. And that's why we kind of wait a little bit to register for competitions until we know for sure that somebody is really, really ready. Um, But I think that your first steps in deciding what show you wanna do is being reasonable with the out, like I've taken people though that have said, oh, I probably won't be able to compete for like two years. And I'm like, well, we don't wanna wait that long, you know? Um, (laughs) So I think it's a reasonable show timeline. Usually I think if you say, okay, somewhere in the next year, I'd like to compete, see how things go. And maybe we move that date a little bit. and if you're working with a coach that can kind of look at your whole life and go okay we got a vacation coming up we got spring break we got stuff going on like you know we need to make sure that we're we have buffers in place in case those things slow us down in any way um but i mean there's several different federations like we coach exclusively in the npc um and there's you know great coaches for other federations and i just personally made that decision for myself when i um started going for my pro card in the IFBB I decided not to coach in other federations anymore just because I felt like it I wasn't going to be the best coach for somebody who wanted to do a federation that had different judging criteria different posing um I put a girl in a show one time and her suit was way too freaking small I had no idea that this federation would there they had no guidelines as to what their suits were like it was like you know two thirds of the glute coverage or something but it was I put a a girl on stage in an NPC suit in a different federation and it was just you know not it was not good so I'm like I just don't coach for those federations anymore I also don't understand the posing it's different it changes all the time um so that might be a, a, a deciding factor too of of like okay you could see 20 shows in your area, but they might be in different federations and understanding that each of those federations is going to have different posing, different judging criteria. Maybe they don't like the tans as dark. Maybe they want you a little bit more conditioned for which division you're doing. Um, maybe the height classes are different. You know, I've seen shows where they have you do a T walk and stuff. So, um, you know, I think that's a deciding factor too, if maybe that's something that you want to do, then looking for a coach in that um, federation, not just like, Oh, I'll just do all these shows are, you know, within a week of each other, but they're all completely different federations. You know, it's like, I think that'd be too, too complicated, but.
0: Yeah. So I just, I actually, I just had a brain fire. I kind of forgot that there's other federations, which is hilarious because (laughs) I'm in Kansas City. Like you're talking about that. And I'm like, Oh oh, yeah. Yeah, I just I'm like no, we do NPC and NPC athletes and NPC everything. I love the NPC federation. I what? So I said I started competing back in 2016, and I even went to a gym where the gym I was going to at the time are the he yeah he is like the promoter for our city. He goes to that gym for um the other federation and ANBF, and which is I. I can't tell you, sorry, listeners. I'm not sure exactly what that stands for. It's N a N B F. It's one of the natural federations. That's just, a. a it's really popular. It's around.
1: Yeah. But, it's huge.
0: Yeah. Um, but I talked to him and I met him and he was a very nice man, but I was like, no, I'm, I do MPC. And like you said, they have T walks, they have different judging criteria. They have different run times. They have all sorts of different stuff. So it really is going to vary. I, I will just always recommend MPC. I, I, think they do a phenomenal job. I think their judging criteria stays the same. And then as it trans like it stays the same in the fact that like as it changes, it changes together. So like you know when it's changing. Like, oh, okay, did we slightly change that posing? Okay, we slightly changed that posing. And then they broadcast it. So you're not like taken off guard. And right. there's a lot of communication with the NPC. So you have like Always a way to kind of know what's going on and to do like self research and figure out like what are the judging criteria, what are the height classes, what are the weight classes, and be able to like kind of always stay in the know instead of like you said, like always be changing. So. NPC all the way. Yeah, I just, yeah, like, I think. I was listening to you. I was like, oh,
1: yeah. <laughs> I, I'm prepared for this, Mandy, because I know your prep is getting close. Your show's day is getting closer and closer. I'm like, it's kind of, I'm not sure what's going to happen when we get close to like both of our shows. It's going to be like, uh, like we're going to be sleeping on this podcast. <laughs> um, but kind It'll of circling back to um, what you said, the uh, an amazing resource is NPC News Online. We'll link it below. Um, it's going to have um, photos of all of the most recent competitions. Make sure that when you're looking at photos, it, understand the distinction between IFBB and NPC. Um, IFBB, of course, is our pro league. And so they're obviously going to be more elite athletes, um, more advanced, more experienced over in the NPC um, is, you know, the amateur level. And so you'll be able to see all of the winners. And And I recommend looking at the class winners, looking at the comparisons, looking at mm-hmm. the bodies, looking at the suit style. Styles, um, all that stuff will kind of help. A, it'll inspire you, and then also kind of see where you fit, see what the posing looks like. I think it also gives you a visual when you're training of like what you're what you're shooting for. It's not just skinny, it's not just no body fat. It's there is shape, and yeah, so that's important to look at too. And then they also have a section on there where you can see all of the judging criteria, the mandatory poses, so that it's it's across the board. Everybody knows what the, is expected. I think that's what. Um, I like about this federation so much is all of that is very clear and very transparent. Um, So that's another good resource when you're getting started on top of finding a good coach and choosing a show date, um, getting really familiar with the criteria. Um, And then next, I think the probably one of the bigger topics that I get a lot of questions about is how much does it cost? And, (laughs) <laughs> that whole piece of it—it's
0: so, always going to be different, though. That's the yeah. tricky part.
2: It is. A, it is always different. But I think, like, once you've established your first one, um, that's that's the shell shock, right? Your very first show, uh, because you have to have the suit, right? And you don't have to get a new suit every show. So there's a huge expense that's not there for your second, your third, your fourth, um, unless you change divisions, like me. Uh, and then you have to have a new one, but, um, but I think you're right. The cost is something that people aren't aware of. Uh, but it's that, it's that first one. That first one will really kick you. <laughs> I think
0: yeah, budgeting. Like you said, Erica, you
1: know...
0: like, oh, I was oh sorry, say go ahead, like... Manny. <laughs> but like, yeah, the first, the first show, you have your suit, your shoes, uh, your jewelry. And yeah, as soon as you get like that package of stuff that like moving forward you don't have to change it anymore but yeah well and then if you want to travel that's a big one yeah if like you do a show locally like you can stay home or you can stay at your house you don't got to worry about flight rental car you don't have to worry about um hotel you like that's a huge cost now if you want to travel like i personally like to travel we kind of we pair it with like a little vacation like my husband son will always come with me they'll have fun with it and then they'll come and watch my show. But if you don't want to do that and you want to save money, you can kind of look at like a bubble around like what shows are around for the time frame that you and your coach picked out.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that'll save money for sure. I think there's a lot of ways to save money on a suit, but I don't know that I would cut corners there because I think that's a pretty important piece.
2: It's a huge
1: a piece. That, yeah, it's got to fit you right. It's got to be, you know, something that, flatters your yeah. skin tone um it's, that is what I did on my
2: first show I cut corners on the suit and I think um had I had a suit that was as nice and as um like tailor-made for it you know as everybody else uh I don't think I would have looked as skinny or as small I just didn't flatter the the spots that I did have shape in um so definitely I would say that's the last place you should cut corners in I've known people, but I I think spread it out, right? Like spread it out. Like if order your shoes now, you know, and then Mm -hmm. order your jewelry. It's cheap on Amazon. I can't tell me you're not ordering other stuff on Amazon. Add an extra fifteen dollars for your jewelry, you know, like just little, yeah, little bits and pieces every every once in a while. And like and like you said, when we when you're choosing a show, you're not choosing one for next week, so you should have plenty of time to get all the little things. Um, and any of your suit makers, um, most of them let you put money down and then they they make your suit later. They don't make it for you today. So
1: yeah, budget I think it out. Just knowing like a list of what everything's gonna cost. And then like if it's Christmas or your birthday, like ask for a gift card for like, you know, toxic angels yeah. or the shoe fairy or whatnot. I mean, these things are inevitably gonna pop up if you have like a six-month prep. Like at some point you're gonna have a a little celebration in there, like, hey, I don't want chocolates for valentine's day i want earrings for my show you know? so um but i mean the jewelry really there's so it's costume jewelry so it's not expensive um i don't recommend cutting corners in three areas and this is just my personal opinion you don't have to agree with me on this but the suit we already talked about and the reason why is because the cut is so important and i've seen people that have spent the equivalent of what one suit would have cost buying three crappie suits so just suck it up spread it out do a payment plan get one that you love and you can wear that thing for years nobody will know yeah. who cares you don't need a different suit every time so um it, get a suit that's well made you want it to you know shape up and curve around your glutes and you know the stones look nice don't get a crazy color like lime green look at the Olympians. What colors are they choosing? You know, choose something like that. That's one area. The second is your tan. If you're new,
0: I will second that.
1: Don't do your own (laughs) freaking tan. Don't do your own tan. It is so freaking messy. It's really hard. These air, when they airbrush you, it's so different than when you're doing it in your hotel room with the little mitt that they give you, like you're putting it, smearing it on versus standing in a booth, which is totally humiliating, by, by the way, like if you're brand new, you're literally, <laughs> like I'm so used to it now, but you know, first time you're bending over like, yeah, um, this is my first show, you know, and there's this random lady spray tanning your butt crack. But yeah, it, and it's they're airbrushed. always like, bend over. <laughs> yeah, they like they usually will say like, now uh, lean forward. They have a way of saying it that doesn't yeah. make it sound like stick your butt out. They're always um, the best. And you're totally naked and it's freezing, but it's airbrushed on your skin. And also, they can control how dark you are. You can't control that in your room. You have no idea. You might be in a dark bathroom and think you're good. You get out there, you're lighter than everybody else. And you've smeared it all over your butt. It's just, just don't do it. It's not that much cheaper to do it yourself. Like, I think the kit, after you pay shipping and stuff, it's like $60. And then the airbrush tanning is like $130 or something. I don't know. To me, it's like, it's too important of a detail to try and do that yourself. And then my third one is makeup. Don't do your own makeup. I am a makeup artist and I don't do my own makeup on show day. I always pay for someone else to do it because, again, I... I like to have a second set of eyes. They are doing, they do this professionally for the stage. I'm heavy handed if I try to do it myself. And it's just the finishing touches, you know, like nobody's going to care if my earrings are from the dollar store um, or, you know, that my carry on bag that I have all my crap in backstage is like 27 years old. Nobody cares. But my tan's pretty important because I know my skin color is being judged. My suit is like... The icing on the cake so important and then beauty is really really important so those are three things that i would definitely say don't scrimp on um you know look there's so many people that do show makeup and then use the event tanner, they're always the best. They'll also glue your suit, they'll also put glaze yeah. on your skin. And it's just like, those are so those are two things on show day I don't have to worry about. Like the rest of the year when I'm like running around after all my kids and doing everything myself, like show day, I just want to be like smooth sailing and really relaxing, I don't have to think about getting up and putting my tan on and doing my makeup. Like I just, they do my makeup, they do my tan, I put my suit on and it's go time, you know? <sighs>
0: I will have to second the tanning, being backstage as much as I've been backstage and meeting so many tanning people I, that I've met, not even just for women, but for men, how it it's so important just to get your tan done professionally. I've been backstage so many times where there are athletes that do do it themselves because they're saving costs. I've seen it lots of times. And what happens is they're backstage, they're getting ready to line up, they're, you know, Of course, like, expediters will be calling, like, oh, glue glaze, you know, get ready, you know, get, we're about to line up. And then you'll have people that are new to the show or didn't know, and they'll say, like, oh, like, I don't look like them. Do I get glue glazed? And they, but they, they didn't pay for the service. Now, thank God there's a lot of times where I have, like... I haven't done anything, but like the tanning people will be like, I'll help you out this one time. But like, you know, things like that out of niceties, Yeah. but it's so important just to use the promoters, tanning people, just, just mm-hmm. do it. Like
2: it truly is because also tans. like you may order your like stuff from Pro Tan, right? You may, because that's who you see online. That's, that's the package that you found. So you order it to do it yourself, but then the show is using Olympia tan. Well, I can tell you those are two different colors when you're on stage. So you don't want to be the person that even if you are dark enough, you may be a little more orange than the person standing next to you. Or, you know, so you, you wanna be streamlined. You wanna and that's that's impossible to do if you're trying to do it yourself versus having the, the promotion do it for you. You gotta yeah, it's match. It's
1: just so much time and work training for a competition that if you are like knocked down because of your tan. That sucks. because yeah. that's that's an easy variable that it you can is. control, yep. it's so and sad too. it's such a. And huge I think piece a, of our scoring is our appearance. it is, and
2: I think that's where people don't realize like your your overall appearance is a huge portion of your scoring. Like it's not always just people like, but I worked really hard. And my shoulders look great. My glutes look great. They do. That's only a piece of that puzzle, though, right? So like how you how you present on stage is just as important, and you get you get graded on just for that just as much. So.
1: Yeah, yeah, and those are little things like if everybody shows up looking great. First of all, everybody who's up there has given it their all. That's undeniable, right? But if everybody in your class is really competitive, they are going to start judging based on what's wrong with you. That sounds terrible, yeah, but that's the truth. And so if you don't look happy on stage, your posing is off, um, you don't have tummy control, um, your tan is whack, your suit is not cute, These are points that they're going to give to somebody else. So, um, you know, just don't cut those corners. Um, You know, there's plenty of other ways that you can save money. You can room up with somebody at a show so you don't have to, you know, incur the cost of that hotel or, again, you just do a local show. There's a lot of different ways, Um, you know, you can, you know, get get sponsors. You can, you know, trade things like you can, you know, trade out for, you know, other things, if that's, you know, what your line of work is. Um, But, you know, getting creative and doing things like that versus just, you know, buying an inexpensive suit and that doesn't fit you properly and having a green tan. (laughs) (laughs) So, but if you have a good coach, I, I think I don't think they'll let you make those mistakes, so I don't want to cause anxiety in the brand new yeah. person. Like, there's nothing worse than listening to a podcast and being like, "Oh, fuck, I'm never competing." So that sounds like it's very stressful. Um, <laughs> yeah, but they have to listen I mean, to the whole
2: thing, right? Yeah, they they need yeah, to listen yeah. to
1: the whole thing. Like, we we already went
2: through. Like, you have to find the right coach. So as long as you have the right yeah, coach, all of these things are a breeze.
0: Yeah. And if you have a
2: coach like me, the first thing she tells you is when you're completely naked when you're getting spray tanned. So just be prepared for that. I hope, (laughs) I hope you're not modest.
1: (laughs) That's always a good first time. (laughs) Yeah.
2: I was not told, so I had no idea. So like my first show, I would go back there to get a tan and I'm like, I have on this cute little bra and, and underwear that looked like they were going to match my suit, right? Like it's like almost, well, it was kind of like just a string bikini essentially is what I went back there with. And the girl's like, I'm going to need you to take that off. And I was like, excuse me. <laughs> like Nobody what told me I had to get quarters, naked for like, you.
1: <laughs> you get like at, you know, at the amateur level, like there's so much nicer than when you like move up to like nationals and there's like hundreds of girls like they literally just like corral you in the center of a freezing cold room and you just stand it's so humiliating you just stand there with like a shower cap on just like covering your nipples yes clothes, like just hoping that you're the next person to get called into a booth and if you're not naked they will not tan you like i remember standing yeah. there holding my robe in front of me because i was like i'm literally freezing i'm gonna die and they just kept picking every other girl around me because they didn't think i was ready and i'm like what do i have to do like tan me <laughs> it's drop the robe have to be
0: naked <laughs> Yeah. I remember my first time tanning. My coach didn't tell me, but they told me when I got there that I was going to be naked. But I will say I got kind of lucky because my first show was in LA, and the venue that they picked, the area that they tanned us was, it was like a an outdoor indoor area that was like guard, that was like walled off for like a like private events, and so we actually. It was still chilly, but it wasn't as chilly because, like, it was, like, open with palm trees but, like, private with tanning. So I'm like, I get to be oh, naked yeah. and tanned with a That's the- not
1: <laughs> terrible. But have you ever <laughs> that's, been to a show? not terrible. Because there's nothing worse than being never, sweaty. It's the I've worst. I've never even
0: sweaty. I've just heard horror stories of, oh, like, Oh, my God. i have either. Cold.
1: All you have to do is have it one time and then you're like, never again. I did a show in Sacramento and it was just, it was California in June and it was so hot. My hair was, like, all, like, Orange from just like sitting on my back and then the lights oh. make everything really, really hot too. Um, and it just it was really un- stinky and it was just oh god, it was miserable. <laughs> so I think I'd much rather be cold.
0: I have always um, been freezing.
1: Maybe one other thing that we could touch on before we run out of time is um, you know, preparing your stage presentation for the first time. This is a question actually that I I have myself is, um, maybe for me, like I always tell my clients like, oh, pose, you know, 10 to 15 minutes, um, three times a week, and then gradually increase to four. Um, but I'm always very curious what people are doing when they're posing. Um, as far as like, do they have, do they warm up their individuals and then they work on walking and then they do quarter turns. So, um, Mandy, maybe you could kind of start that one and talk about the importance of your stage routine and posing practice
0: yeah so I practice posing more than I ever have in my entire competing career only because i i played soccer growing up i I'm not a heels person I love the hair tan makeup I love the stage I love everything I love bikini bodybuilding little princess bodybuilder for a day absolutely love it but I knew as I kind of grew in the sport that my confidence in heels is just. Terrible. I can practice at home. I can practice in the kitchen, but like it's, it's terrible. And I need to work on this more. So now, now what I do is the gym I go to, they have a posing room, which a lot of gyms now, like they have, I would say like a classroom or a studio. Our, our gym has like a specific posing room and they have specific lighting. And then of course it's surrounded by mirrors. Um, it's actually, um, athletes who are in prep get first come first serve kind of thing, but I'll go after every workout and take 15 to 20 minutes and i have i have music i listen to and i i will just practice what i will do is i'll put on my heels and i'll actually walk around the room first i'll do some stretching i'll warm up my hamstrings i will you know just kind of move my arms i'll get used to it and then i will practice coming in from angles because you never know whatever show you're going to do You're what stage you're going to what side you're going to enter on Mm -hmm. No judge is going to care if you like walk to the box and then turn to your dominant side, but like it's good to practice because you don't know what angle you're going to come in. Mm -hmm. If you guys are watching on YouTube, I'm moving my hands a lot, but like you could come in from the left side and you could be right side dominant. You could come in from the right side and be left side dominant. You just want to practice that. So you're ready because you don't know until you get there. So I practice that. And then when I get to like where I just, hit my front pose, I go through my routine and then I will do that a few different times and then I'll go through my routine, walk back, walk, walk up, walk back. And I'll practice kind of walking back and forth as if I was doing like take three steps to the back, take three steps to the front. And then I'll also practice like, let's say I get first call outs and I'm on one side, I'm on like the far side and then they move me to like a different side. I practice walking around. I practice angling myself too, because when you're on stage, the judge, the judge doesn't care what side your number, your badge is on. They care that they can see it, because what you don't want to happen is when your head judge says, "Hey, ladies, can you f- like face the front so we can see your numbers?" What happens a lot of times when judges say that people that aren't haven't done shows before, they'll completely face front, yeah. and you don't <laughs> want to do that because you'll lose your. You'll lose your lines. You'll lo- you'll look boxy.
1: Yeah, they want you shape. to
0: like slightly turn your hip, just so they can see your number. So you always want to make sure your number is facing. So then again, I'll practice moving around as if I was on a line. That way, I can angle my hip properly, so I know like the judge can see my number. And then I will do that three. What did I say? About five. Yeah, about five times a week for 20 minutes, even after I do legs, which is terrible. Yeah. Try posing after you just do heavy legs. I'm just saying, it's terrible. Am I shaky? I feel like I'm gonna fall over. Yeah, but I still I do it. So that. But I think that's good because
1: if you're tired, then you're gonna build stamina, and then on show day, that's gonna help you. Because I think where I can see in my clients that haven't posed practiced posing as much as they should have is on show day. They really start to get tired because sometimes there's 20 girls and you're on the side Mm -hmm. waiting for every single person to do their individual routine. You never really know the flow of the show. Like I know how Jack runs his shows because um, he has a criteria and he promotes so many shows in our area. And so I know how that's going to go. But if you go somewhere else, they might like have the entire class comes on stage, then one by one, everyone comes out, then they bring five over, then they bring another five over and you could be on stage for 30 minutes. So you have to make sure that you've spent time um, practicing posing so that you can hold that pose and keep your tummy control and not like get a cramp in your back or in your shin or you start shaking. I've seen that before where girls are in their back pose and their knees are trembling and everything's jiggling over the place. So I don't say this to scare you, but just a big piece of training for a competition is like is your posing and that will help you um, present yourself comfortably on stage so that you look like you're having a good time. You don't have to think about it. You're not overly stressed um, and that you look like fluid on stage and you have the stamina to be able to Mm -hmm. hold those poses, keep your core tight and, um, you know, not fall over. But usually you're pretty sore after show day. I know and about practice you, but the in
0: next the off season is a big one too like yeah not a lot of people practice in the off season but if you know like like you said if you know in the next like six months to a year you want to do a show practice posing will it look terrible absolutely that's okay nobody cares right now but what matters is you get that soreness out of the way because the leaner you get the easier it will become and if you're already prepared for the uh like original soreness and like your back hurting your calves hurting your feet as you get leaner and lighter it will get easier so if you know you're doing one just practice like 10 Mm -hmm. minutes 15 minutes just practice yeah Yeah.
1: exactly
2: i can always tell when i've been posing when i've been practicing my posing because i'm sore right so then i depending on how sore i am um will tell you if i've done it enough so like if i'm super sore then that tells you i I didn't do it as often as I should have over the last week or two weeks. Um, but it definitely you, sh- you should be sore after you're done. I mean, you, your, your low back should be tight. Your, everything should just seal tight from where you've had to hold it. But that is the one thing that, that's the hardest part, I think. Um, out of all of it, like the workouts are easy. The, the diet's easy. The consistency aspect of it is easy. For me, the posing is the hardest part of the whole, the whole sport.
1: So I agree with you. Because I feel the same way. However, uh, what the way I like to talk to people about this is it's the most controllable of those three things. Like, Absolutely. Okay, you, you have the proposing. most control over that. You can get better at it. I mean, I've worked with girls that never even wore heels before they went on their yep. competition journey. It is something that you can get better at, but you cannot in a four-month period change your genetic structure or yeah. um, make yourself a new metabolism. Like, There's a lot of things that are just going to be like, you know, I did my best, and this is where we come out. But with posing, like that, is something you can directly control. If you suck at it, you can practice and get better. It's a skill. So I think yeah. that I'm I'm totally with you because I find it to be one of the hardest things. And I never used to, but now I think it's just something that, um, you know, I, I I focus so much on it being perfect and you know being fluid and and all the things, and I overthink it. So it's it's definitely one of the most challenging things for me, but also. Um, I kind of like the fact that it's something that I know if I, if I dedicate time to it, it, it'll get better totally. So I think if you're listening to this and you're thinking about doing Uh a show and that is the piece that scares you the most, that's the piece that, you know, you have the most control over is, um, and and getting better at it and working on it. Yeah.
0: Well, guys, I think we just passed an hour.
1: We did. See how easy that was? (laughs) I know. It wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to (laughs) be. You did great, Erica. Thank you so much for being our guest today. and Thank thank you you for having me. Yeah, it was great to have you. And I'm excited to um, follow your journey this year. So um, Erica's socials will be in the show notes if you'd like to give her a follow. And thank you everybody so much for watching. Be sure to like and subscribe and leave your comments as this entire episode was... Uh, based on a listener's question. And so we would love to hear your feedback on things that you'd like for us to discuss in future episodes.